The story of Christmas is so much more than an emotional accounting in history, which supplies a foundation for this season in our calendar. But rather, it is the reality. Everybody say the reality. It is the reality of the creator of the universe coming to his creation for the primary purpose of purchasing man's redemption. I thank God for that. I thank God that he had a purpose in mind when he came to this earth. It wasn't simply to fill history books. It wasn't simply to footnote historical figures, but it had a purpose. The creator coming to his creation. The creator coming to those whom he had created. This purpose is very clear when you and I open up our Bible and begin to peruse its pages. We go to Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 where the scripture says that the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. How many saved folks do I have in the house today? I'm here glad on this side of salvation that the Son of Man did come to seek and to save that which was lost. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, the Son of Man came to give his life a ransom for many. And then it was the great Apostle Paul, the uh, paramount writer of the New Testament who wrote to the Roman believers in chapter 5 and verse 19 of the book of Romans and declared that it was by one man's disobedience, that's Adam, that many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, I'm thankful for the other side of the coin, for one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. I'm glad that God didn't have to come multiple times. He just came once. He just came as a baby in a manger, grew into the miracle worker, gave his life for mankind. God came in flesh to live, to die, to resurrect, to redeem, and to reign. I'm thankful that he lived. I'm thankful that he died. I'm thankful that he came up out of that grave. I'm thankful that he redeems me from sin. And I am so grateful that he will rule and reign forever. He has invited you and I to rule and to reign with him. Can you say amen? Amen. And so for the last few services here at New Life in Cabot, we have examined the story that makes up this wonderful holiday. And yet interwoven in the various angles and various glances of this story are very unique characters. People, real flesh and blood people, who exhibit qualities which we can emulate, qualities that you and I over the last two or three weeks have admired, qualities hopefully that we are choosing to repeat. I have found myself over the last three weeks or so rereading over and over the Christmas story. We read it this morning as we began to open gifts at our house. Perhaps some of you did the same. Rereading an oft-told story, rereading a story that I have read many, many times in my life. And I don't know if you're like me, but ever so often the Lord will allow a word to seemingly jump off the page at me. Anybody ever have that happen when you're reading the Bible? 
You read something that you've read dozens of times before, and yet this particular time, it seems as though it almost glows. It almost comes out at you. It's almost as, is as if the Lord is highlighting something or putting it in a different font. And I'm not meaning that to be strange, but it's amazing to me how you and I can read a book over and over and over and over again. We can hear a story told of Jesus in a manger over and over again, and yet truths come alive to us over the years, and people are, are magnified in our thinking. And yet, as I have read the Christmas story multiple times over the last several weeks, there are certain words that have come to my attention. In Luke chapter number 1 and verse number 26, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, and this is going to make us feel better, because most of us, if we had an angel show up and start speaking profound words to us, there might be a little eensy-teensy bit of fear coming us. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, watch this now, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Considered what manner of greeting this was. Now I have to confess to you when I read that Mary was trying to consider what type of greeting this was, I filter that through my mindset. Because this morning... I considered some things. What time I'm going to get up? I considered what time I needed to start making the homemade donuts on Christmas morning. I'm going to let that sink in for just a minute. I considered what I was going to wear to church today. I considered what all I was going to eat today. I'm still considering that. And yet when you and I read that Mary considered what manner of greeting this was, perhaps some other versions can shed a little light on what that means. The New International Version says that she wondered at what manner of greeting this was. The New American Standard Version of the 29th verse says, but she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting this was. Now, when I read that version, that sounds like Mary to me. She was pondering, hmm, what kind of greeting this was. That sounds like Mary to me. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 19, after the shepherds had come and seen the baby Jesus in the manger, the Bible says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, pondered them. Now, I have a question that is going to be very quickly answered by the older folks in the room. Some of the younger folks are going to have a little tough time with what I'm going to ask right now. So just nudge your neighbor and say, get ready, it's coming. You ready for a Christmas question? Here we go. Can you remember life before the internet? 
Some of you are breaking out in hives right now. You mean to tell me, Pastor, there was life before the internet? Yes! Quick show of hands. How many of you remember life before the internet? Would you raise your hand? Okay? You can put your hands down. Now, I need to make a Christmas disclaimer. You ready? Here it is. I believe that computers are so valuable. Valuable enough to type this sermon on one of them. I do not want to go backwards. So don't look up at this preacher and say, well, Brother Gaddy wants to go back to the dark. I do not want to go back to the dark ages. Most of the comforts in this room right now are because of computers. Now let me just let that kind of marinate on your brain for just a second. So if the computer systems crash, we're going to be real cold right now. And we're going to be in the dark too. I don't want to go backwards. Please don't mistake what I'm saying today. But so much thinking today is done for us. If we don't know what to think, social media will help us know what to think. Now, how many know that's true? And people will assume you want to know what they think. So what does it mean when Mary pondered? It means that she compared them in her mind, she compared what the shepherds had told her about the baby with what had already been declared to her by the angel, what had already been spoken to her by her husband who had been talked to by an angel. She compared with it what had been told to her by her cousin Elizabeth when she visited Elizabeth recently. It was just this thinking that was going on in her head, this pondering, this wondering this considering that she was very well known for. It was Luke chapter 2 a little later in that second chapter and verse 51 after she finds Jesus several years later sitting in the midst of the teachers in the temple listening and asking them questions in Luke 2 and 51. The Bible says, Then he, Jesus, went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. The New Living Translation says she stored all these things up. The New International Version says that she treasured all of these things that have been spoken to her. I have been praying for the last several years. It's something that I pray often, and that is this. God, help me every day to do five things. Help me to talk right. Help me to act right. Help me to decide right. Help me to forget right. And help me to think right. I'm going to say that again. God, help me to talk right. Help me to act right. Let me decide right. Let me forget right. And help me to think right. I wish you would say with me, God, help me to think right. Come on, I want you just to touch yourself on your forehead and say, God, help me to think right. 
I am asking God at the close of 2022 and the dawn of a new year of 2023 to baptize my thinking, to help me to think right, to think the way God wants me to think, to think the way the Word wants me to think. I am asking God to baptize my thinking. From this example of Mary in this Christmas story, could we today make a decision to think more in the coming year. <laughs> now, if I was to give an altar call right now, some of y'all would say, well, the best way to, to re properly respond in an altar call to that statement right there is to come forward and just... You say, well, pastor, what are you talking about? Do we have times in our life when we just simply sit and let God's spirit help us think right? Now, lest you think this is some strange doctrine that I'm teaching, I have actually already preached this sermon. You say, well, where'd you preach it at? I haven't actually preached it anywhere except this is, this is it. This is the maiden voyage right here. But I have preached it in my mind. I preached it again this morning with a cup of coffee sitting in my living room. And in my mind, I saw you. And in my mind, I saw God's word touching our hearts. And touching our minds. You say, Pastor, that's foolishness. You weren't even at church yet. It's an afternoon service. How many know the Bible says that faith is the substance of things that are hoped for? And it is the evidence of things that are not seen. I haven't seen it yet, but in my mind, I am letting the Holy Ghost help me to see something before it ever comes to pass. I am believing God and thinking breakthrough for your family. I am believing God and thinking deliverance for your children. I am believing God and thinking healing for your body. God, help us to think right. Help us to ponder right. Help us to consider right. I'm telling you, folks, this can revolutionize our lives. If we will intentionally, you say, well, I don't have time. That's the problem. We think we got to squeeze it in somewhere. It has to become a priority in our life to think, to ponder, to consider. Amen. For as one thinks in his heart, the proverb writer says, so is he. You ever met anybody that is just eternally happy? You ever wonder, you may not say it to them, what are they on? No, they're not on anything. It could be that the joy of the Lord is baptizing their thinking. 
And the joy of the Lord is baptizing what they're marinating and considering and pondering on a regular basis. The word of God is a living book. It is alive. The spirit of the Lord can can bring a germinating effect of, of strength and joy and peace. If we get in the word, think about the word, consider the word, ponder the word. Come on, I feel the, the words of the apostle Paul rising in my spirit. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble and just and pure and lovely and are of a good report, if there's any virtue in them, if there's any praise in them, think on these things. Think. Ponder. Consider. He goes on to say, the things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, These do. It was as if the Lord said, look at that verse again. All of those things that he says to do, we got to think about them first. And then the promise is the God of peace will be with you. Everybody say ponder. Now, we obviously know that Mary is a principal character in the in the story of Christmas. That is without question. Joseph and the baby Jesus and angel Gabriel and the angel of the Lord who appeared to Joseph in a dream and shepherds and wise men and the heavenly hosts and Elizabeth, Mary's cousin and her husband, Zacharias, and their child, John, who was John the Baptist and Herod and the innkeeper. So many different characters in this Christmas story. But then there are two characters that to me are not mentioned many times among the main characters in the Christmas story. And from them, on this Christmas, I glean great truth and power. It's in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 25, where Jesus is about 40 days old. At eight days, he's taken to be circumcised, and then 33 days later, for Mary's purification from childbirth, and At that time, 40 days later, behold, verse 25 of Luke 2, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. I'm going to tell you something. That is an, uh, an attribute I want said of my life. How'd you like that kind of attribute? McGuire, Denmark. I'm glad you and your wife are here. McGuire, Denmark, a man on whom the Holy Spirit dwelt. Come on, I'm signing up for that. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light 
to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Can you see this unfolding in the church house? Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him and Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many may be revealed. What a setting. Simeon, a just man, a devout man. Ready? A waiting man. A man who was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that he came to where the promise seemed most likely to show up. He came led by the Spirit into the temple. And what some people may chalk up to happenstance or coincidence He goes into the temple led by the Spirit of God. And when he comes into the temple... There is Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. Now, I don't know. Perhaps some scholars in this room can help me later on. I don't know exactly what it was about that day that shone the light of truth to Simeon, but somehow he realized this is what I've been waiting for. This is what has been prophesied. This is the anointed one. This is the Messiah. I've been waiting for the consolation of Israel. That's a way of saying the promised Messiah. I've been waiting for the one that would come that would redeem from sin. I've been waiting for the one that the prophets talked about and people have rumored for years and years and now I am in the temple. I've been led here by the Holy Ghost and I am seeing the fulfillment of what God has promised. Hear me right now, Simeon was faithfully in the presence of God, and he was expecting God to come through. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When I I preach this in my mind, this is where it really got good right here. Simeon was in the temple. He hadn't seen it come to pass yet, but he faithfully showed up in the house of God. He was led and impressed by the Spirit of the Lord. And he showed up again in the presence of God. And it was that time he showed up in the presence of God that the Lord shone around him and said, this is the culmination. This is the consolation of Israel. This is the promised one. This is the anointed one. This is the one that the prophets have talked about. Oh, I'm praying that in 2023, should the Lord tarry his coming, we will be like Simeon and faithfully show up in the house of God. Is there anybody waiting for the consolation? Is there anybody waiting for the prayer to be answered that hasn't been answered yet? Is there anybody wishing that God would come through? Can I tell you something? Be like Simeon. Show up in the house of God. Show up led by the Holy Ghost. Walk in the house of God expecting God to answer. Expecting God to answer. He was faithfully in the presence of God. And he was expecting the consolation of Israel. Everybody say he was expecting it. Amen. Amen. And then it is as if Luke wanted to make sure that we didn't leave out one other 
seemingly minor mentioned character of the Christmas story. In verse 36 of that same chapter, Luke chapter 2, there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. Here is her bio. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. Now that's a strange way of saying that she had been married for seven years before her husband died. And this woman, verse 37, was a widow of about 84 years. Do you get the picture? She married her heartthrob. She married her childhood sweetheart. And yet they only had a marriage of seven years. And he died. We don't know how he died. We don't know perhaps a disease, some tragic situation. But she was only married for seven years. And so from that time, going eight decades plus into the future, the Bible says this of Anna. She did not depart from the temple, but she served God with fastings and prayer night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Israel. She became the voice of redemption to Israel. Up to that point, her life perhaps could be said, it was a life of disappointment. Only seven years marriage. Many, many years of being a widow. She's the one that parks herself in the temple. She's the one faithfully praying and fasting, but perhaps there's not a lot of joy in her life, and yet God in his sovereignty looked on a widow woman in the house of God who said, I'm going to be praying, I'm going to be fasting, I'm going to be in the presence of God. And he said, that's the kind of person that I'm going to let them open up their mouth after they see the culmination of the consolation of Israel. And I'm going to let her be the voice of consolation, the voice of redemption for Israel. Oh, let me preach on this Christmas to somebody that when you survey even the last five, six years, the last 10, 12 years, the last 30 years of your life, there seems to be on the ledger side of disappointment so many more things than on the positive side. Can I tell you, if you will pray and if you will fast and if you will stay in the presence of God, God can rewrite the script of your life. God can step in and let the latter years of your life be greater than anything you've ever experienced before. Praise God. Anna was committed to God in spite of her disappointments. Whew. Mary pondered. Everybody say Mary pondered. 
Simeon faithfully was in the presence of God expecting. And Anna was committed to God in spite of her disappointments. I believe the Lord would give us a word for the close of a year. And I believe the Lord would give us a word for the beginning of the new year. So can you hear the word of the Lord today? What God has promised, he still promises this afternoon. What God has said will come to pass, will still come to pass, even on this afternoon. The word of the Lord would come to us on Christmas 2022 and implore us, challenge us to show up in the presence of God. Commit like never before to fasting and prayer. I think it is so noteworthy that Simeon, once he had seen the consolation of Israel, the Bible says he did two things. He blessed God and he blessed other people. He blessed God for showing him the consolation of Israel. And then he turned to others and began to speak the blessing of the Lord over them. Oh, what would happen in our lives, folks, if we would commit just to those two things going into a new year, blessing God and blessing other people, blessing God and speaking blessing over other people. Would you stand with me, please? I got to make sure that with all that is within me, we hear this today. Paul said it like this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want you to notice what the Apostle Paul said. He did not simply, sometimes, some of you who have been around this church long enough, you know that this is something that I, I teach here at this church. Sometimes in order to understand what is being said, we got to understand what's not being said. Paul did not say that we're confident of this thing, that he has just started good works around you. It says he that has begun a good work in you. Because he, how many have lived long enough to know he can do something positive in us even when circumstances haven't? Even when circumstances haven't changed for the better. He that has begun a good work in you will not leave you, will not forsake you. But he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Can somebody reach up and claim that word from the Lord today? You're doing something in me. And you will complete that work until the day of Jesus Christ. I hear the word of the prophet Jeremiah. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions, they fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, 
says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. I may feel that way. The Lord's my portion. My hope is in the Lord. Is there anybody on Christmas that would say, that's my testimony right there. I haven't got all the answers yet. But I'm going to be like Anna. I'm going to keep showing up in the midst of the presence of God. Even when I had disappointment around me, I'm just going to come into the house of God and I'm going to let him speak through me. I'm going to let God do something in me. I'm going to show up. I'm going to be in the presence of God. I'm going to wait for the consolation. I'm waiting for the answer. I'm waiting for the answer. <laughs>